0: Welcome to Infinity Rewatch. This podcast is inevitable and I'll tell you something else that's inevitable is if you bring your wife or girlfriend anywhere near, my co-host, you will never see her again. He is just that handsome
1: <laughs> uh, bless your heart. Well that, that I guess that means me. I'm Ron J. Whitehead here today <laughs> with the genius the genius man that is Andrew Fantasia. The ground that he walks on because he is a god amongst men.
0: This is a big old blush fest. That's what's happening right now. (laughs) We're a a couple of pink-cheeked lads now. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. So this is Infinity Rewatch. And off the top here, I want to start with a personal little bit of Marvel information. Which uh, which is always my favorite thing when we do that on this show, Ryan, is the, <laughs> the little personal stuff we throw out. Because, I mean, there's probably a bajillion Marvel podcasts out there. You could listen to 20 different things where it's just a couple guys saying, I like that Marvel movie. That scene in that Marvel movie was good. That other scene was also equally good in that same Marvel movie. <laughs> but you this come could- here for us, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, the personal Marvel story I want to share, and I'd like to get your take on it, too, because I know you've also um, taken part in this.
1: I, I swear to God, if this is about Morbius, I'm going to I'm gonna kick you through.
0: <laughs> Everything is about Morbius now. That's <laughs> the world we live in. The, yeah. the calendar is d- split up into before Morbius and after Morbius. That's the new rule. Um, now, what I want to talk about is the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, because I finished it uh, oh. a few days ago.
1: Oh, man, all the feels, am I right?
0: I think, um, I I mean, now, you know I'm picky with video games. I'm very picky with video games. And I will say this. I think the gameplay in this game is just okay. It's just average gameplay. But Mm -hmm. the story they told in this game, Ryan, it was so good that now I'm a little worried. I'm like, how can Volume 3 be better than this story? (laughs) That's where my head's at right now. yeah
1: yeah i don't blame you honestly uh fellow fellow uh fellow nerds out there i'm gonna say that honestly you know when it comes to comic book video games it's always hit and miss it's either like the best thing you've ever played or it's the worst thing you've ever played um but but after arkham asylum there is literally no excuse for doing a bad game there is absolute zero excuse uh, and Arkham Asylum was, was incredible storytelling. Just like the, the mental endurance of Batman is just uncanny. Yeah. And just watching that story is so fun. Uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy told one of the most wholesome Marvel stories in a video game I've ever seen. To a point where I was worried. I was hella worried, bro. Because here's the, here's the thing. As a video game connoisseur like myself, uh, who, who, can, who can thankfully say I, I work in the video game industry... Uh, you know, I was worried that DC would hold the mantle for like a long time of like good video games, like good, mm-hmm. solid video games. Granted, Marvel had Cap- Marvel versus Capcom and those are fun games. But they're not like your typical third person adventure games. Right. And it was hard. It was it was a hard run. It was a hard run. But Guardians of the Galaxy renewed my faith that, that Marvel knows what they're doing. And they're gonna get, they're gonna have some good games. I'm very much looking forward to Rise to the Midnight Suns, uh, or just Midnight Suns. But um, but yes, the Guardians of the Galaxy game. The soundtrack is legit. It's so fun. The the team up mechanic does absolutely, really doesn't really do anything other than like give you unlimited special moves for like a short period of time. But the fact that you you give them this roaring speech of motivation that makes absolutely little to no sense. And then they they kick off into these hilarious like 80s songs is so good. It's like the
0: best mechanic ever. Those speeches, what a perfect way to capture the magic of the Guardians. And like all their personalities were 100% flawless, like the game nailed it. And then you get those huddles where if you do it right, everybody's all pumped up and they're like, yeah, okay, Quill. Mm -hmm. And then you press the button on that Walkman and you go into the fight. And I fought Fin Fang Foom to the tune of uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. And there was nothing else (laughs) quite like that. It was, that was a special moment. But I, I feel like there were so many moments in that story where I, I just kept thinking to myself, like, what does James Gunn have planned for volume three? Because there's stuff in here that can put a lot of lesser superhero movies to shame. Uh, in particular, you, the way they use the character Cosmo the space dog. Uh, just something about the way they used him. I was like, this feels like it would belong in a Marvel movie. Uh, and I that, that I can totally see that being a case where you and I come back from watching Volume 3 and we podcast about it and we're like, the world is going to fall in love with Cosmo. He's the breakout character of this movie, except it didn't happen in a movie. It happened in this little game that maybe a few million people played, but definitely doesn't get as many eyeballs as the movies will. So now I'm worried. I'm like, has you know, are, they ever, are they going to do these little moments as well in the movie? And I have faith in James Gunn, but damn. That game had a lot of great little moments. And Warlock, the way Warlock's personality was, I didn't know he spoke like that because I've never heard him speak. Are they going to do that in the movie too? Is that going to be a thing? Just lots of cool little stuff that made me all the more curious of what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, uh, fun fact, in the comics, that's exactly how Adam Warlock talks. And I I loved Adam Warlock in that game. It's like, there's the best representation of him by far to date, and he was in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and they did a pretty good job of that one. And but uh, in the game, they they perfected him, and it is really fun. It is really fun to watch it. I'm glad you finished the game. Uh, it's again, if you're looking for a solid comic book game, you're right. The I think the gameplay mechanics are fun, but they don't reinvent the wheel. They don't do anything super spectacular, um, you know, which is okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but the story, oh my god, did they deliver on the story? It is. And, and if you like the, the main soundtrack, like, I'm not talking the 80s songs, but the soundtrack that was made for that game, they actually have it on iTunes, and it is every bit as fun to listen to as it is playing in the, or listening to in the game.
0: Yeah, they wrote all those um, Star Lord hair metal songs. Which is oh, amazing. it's so, so
1: good. Yeah, wow. it's so smart. Well, I'm happy for you, man. It is awesome. I'm so glad that you played it.
0: Yeah, I had a good time with it. I'm, I'm really glad I got to see it. And yeah, for those who have not played it yet, that, that's all I'll say is you are in for a story that is as good as a James Gunn Guardians movie. So what are you waiting for? You jerks, play the game. I don't know why I sound like Jameson there. But mm. in the meantime, you have Miss Marvel Episode 4 to keep you company. And you have these two handsome lads to keep you company as we talk about it. Because we're not in Jersey anymore, Ryan. We're in Karachi, Pakistan, and mm-hmm. some trouble is a brewing in Karachi. What did you think yes. over, overall at the top here?
1: Overall, just to give you a quick summary, um, a beautiful show. Like, you know, I I talked to uh, a fellow gentleman. Uh, we actually had a, a really fun, nerdy moment today uh, where I was talking to a fellow gentleman who was walking his dog and I was walking my dog, Cabbage. He's walking his dog Fife, and Cabbage mm-hmm. and Fife—they have a great time together. They're like friends. You can tell they're friends. And I was wearing a new shirt that I got today that I used to work out, so I'm not wearing it right now. But um, I got a Ghost Rider shirt on, and mm-hmm. I was—I was—I was living my dream. And he looks at my shirt. He's like, "Hey, man, it's a nice shirt." And he's like, "It looks like it, it looks or uh, it's like the one I have." And he and he shows me his shirt under his under his hoodie, and it's the the Spider-Man comic of Lizard drooling over spider-man oh, and, yeah. and and then that's that's the moment where we realized how cool we each were and went into the biggest mcu rent and he was saying he's a bit surprised because honestly he thought it's an amazing show and he said a lot of people he talked to you know were like oh i love falcon the winter soldier that's like the best one ever and and you know it's a shame i'm an action hero guy myself and i love action scenes but I'll recognize when it's a good story, and this is a good, solid story about you know. And I, I told it, I told it to him too, told him about the show and everything, and um, uh, and I was saying that uh, I was saying, yeah, this is a this is a teenage story, man. If imagine growing up today and then reading about Miss Marvel, you would you would relate, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of. Yeah, I mean, there are some things that that the the young women of today would would better recognize than we would. But still, it's still a beautiful coming-of-age story that that you're just going to love. And you know what? Marvel needs to tell these stories. You know, as much as I would love, like, more just, like, you know, wrestling matches between, you know, Hulk and whatever, I still enjoy, like, a good human story. And, and that's what this is. And what a beautiful way to dive into this culture. Oh, my God. Just... Just totally, just totally bewildered by, like, all this wonderful uh, immersion of culture in, in Pakistan and, and talking about the history and everything.
0: It's just totally. blown away, blown away. I want to watch uh, this whole series when it's done. I want to sit down mm-hmm. with a, with an actual Pakistani person and watch it with them and have them give me, like, a pop-up video where they pause it. And they're like, did you know that that thing they're eating tastes delicious? And here's some, try it. Like, I want that experience <laughs> I, I actually, you
1: know what, that if we had a high production show, that's 100% what we should do. Yeah. You have someone, you have someone, you know, from Pakistan telling you about the city, like literally as if you're being taken on a tour through the eyes of this marble, which would be just awesome. I would love that. And then serve food midway through. Oh, icing on cake. Mm, although, would- although if it's spicy for her and she has a hard time with it, I guaranteed I would be able to eat.
0: I'll take all your spice. This you guy loves the spice. I'll let
1: you. I'll let your stomach survive that onslaught of spices. But um, but yeah, it was it was it's a beautiful experience. And again, I think this was another well paced episode. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, I thought the last one was fun with the the brown Joby, but uh, you know <laughs> that they played. But like, but again, it was it was a well balanced. Uh, pacing of story and what i like too is they they didn't waste time they did dive into more answers did they give you enough no but they gave you they gave you a lot as the episode progressed. and of course there's going to be a big amalgamation at the end five and six classic five and six it's going to be giving you everything you need in, in a beautiful final action fight sequence at the end there so those are my overall thoughts sir
0: Oh, Now, this show is a rocket ship of pacing. Like, it's not wasting a second. It's taking you exactly where it needs to go uh, Mm -hmm. without ever sacrificing character or story or feeling rushed. You could write essays about how good the pacing is on this show. Um, Mm -hmm. But we have our first episode set entirely in Karachi. And what I think is cool is, I'm just assuming this, but Iman Balani was actually in town recently. You saw her at... The, the Jays game, she threw a pitch. Uh, and she was- on, the same
1: air. We she had the same
0: air. air. She stretched her hand and gave you a high five. Uh, actually, have She actually has powers in real life, spoilers. <laughs> um, but she was on the Marilyn Dennis show as well. And she was talking about, she mentioned how they filmed the show in Georgia, which is where they, in Atlanta, where Marvel films pretty much all their stuff. So I'm assuming due to, budgetary things and, you know, COVID makes traveling internationally kind of hard right now. I'm assuming that was all in Atlanta, what we saw today, that they just built a set or they used the volume. I don't know, but that was seamless. Like that looked really, really good.
1: I wouldn't be surprised actually. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll confirm that. And I'm pretty sure, you know, for sure, Uh, that they did film in Atlanta, but again, beautiful sets. Oh, my God. If if that's actually a depiction of what Pakistan's like, then, wow. Uh, Yeah. Incredible job.
0: The colors on the show. Even that garbage truck that they flipped over was colorful. Like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with Canada? Why are we so boring and bland and everything is, like, gray (laughs) here? Let's make our buildings gray and light gray. That's my impression of a Canadian I'm
1: gonna See, I'm going to stop you right there. It's all about where you look, man. If you look at Toronto as a whole, sure, yeah, it looks bland. It looks like every other city. But you find some pockets of Toronto. And let me tell you, there are some crazy experiences you can have there. Um, one of the boys I found out from a friend of mine, she said there's a bar that you have to go through a really sketchy alley and then you find a fridge. And when you open the fridge, it takes you into the bar.
0: That's wonderful.
1: yeah but uh so so this this is interesting so this episode kind of gives you a more background about the clandestines what are they (laughs) and how they play a role in it now again it seems like marvel's like yo Inhumans don't exist let's just let's just let's just bury that and let's forget we ever tried but i don't know i'm still not convinced that miss marvel may or may not be inhuman i'm not convinced that they're they're gonna Say she's this, and that's it, and good to go. Um, I would still like her to be inhuman, personally. Because then there's going to be a really good payoff. But we shall see. Uh, Again, right now, what they're saying is that... Okay, there's a scene, the scene with the red mask dude, who is a Marvel character, whose name escapes me at the moment. And you have to bear in mind, people, although I am a Marvel... Although I do consider myself pretty well-versed in the area of Marvel... This is new Marvel. Like, this is Marvel, I haven't even gotten gotten to yet.
0: Uh, that guy's so, name is the young guy is Kareem, and the mm-hmm. master of the Red Daggers is called Walid. Mm-hmm.
1: So, apparently, uh, this group is called the cl- Clandestines. And at first, I kind of overlooked that. And in, in one of our past episodes, I actually kind of overlooked it and kind of tried to relate it all to humans. Clandestines are actually a group that exists within Marvel, but they're, again, they're more recent than, than old, but mm-hmm. they have been around for some time. Now, to give you some background as to why you need to know this, is during, uh, in, in the summer of 1168 AD, during the, the reign of King Henry II, Uh, Adam of Ravenscroft was born. When he was 16, he fell on a scythe, uh, suffering fatal wounds. But as he descended into delirium, his mind made contact with the djinn. Uh, Believing his survival was a miracle and his dream a prophecy of great destiny, villagers renamed him Adam of Destine. In 1189, Adam, subconsciously uh, following the jinn's call, Through the two years of fighting, Adam was never injured, roughly uh, concluding that his angel protected him. Hearing hearing of Adam, the blooded lord, uh, rival mage, Al-Qadhab, I'm totally butchering these names and I deeply apologize, captured him and told him that he fulfilled a prophecy of the one who could free the world uh, from evil influence. Unaware, uh, al Al Kadhab. Coveted the jinn for himself, Adam accompanied him to the edge of the realm within Persia's Zagros Mountains. Uh, and before he could free the jinn, uh, Al Khadab bushwhacked him. Dying, Adam cut the rope, tethering the gem to the ceiling, and it shattered and hit the floor, freeing the jinn who slew Al Khadab uh, and healed Adam, making him immortal and indestructible. Later, Adam fell in love with another jinn. Uh, producing numerous children for centuries. Uh, and they inherited longevity, these kids. They're, a- um, uh, they're aging slowly after puberty and in the late teens, also developed unique magical talents. Uh, and though uh, though Adam established the family state Ravenscloth, both he and his children traveled the world. And uh, as the family grew, Adam often knew... Uh, Adam often left new children with older siblings to raise them. So that's how kind of the clandestines
0: established themselves in the Marvel universe. Wait, now, that was it, all Marvel. I thought that was like a, a Wikipedia history. N-
1: no, that was like the Marvel history of the clandestine.
0: Gotcha. Now,
1: fun facts. Okay. The house of Ravencroft. Now f- this is, this is where things get weird. Okay. I, have been reading Rise of the Midnight Suns, which is a 90s comic series where Ghost Rider and, and uh, the original Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, uh, have to stop Lilith from destroying the world, as, as villains do. One of the women in it is Lady Ravenscroft, funny enough, who is the love interest of Morbius.
0: Ah, Felicia! That put me in the comic book because of yeah. my hit movie, the greatest <laughs> movie ever made.
1: So the her name's like Mar- Mart Ravenscroft
0: or something like that.
1: But uh, yeah, that that's where I, I so I had to bring that up because it's really weird. I doubt I doubt we're gonna get that colliding together very quickly. But like, but it is there. Um, but but uh, to be fair, uh, the clandestines have had a run in with uh with the inhumans okay wow so yeah so there is some tie in there um and i wanted to mention that uh but it's it's again the clandestines are a group but again they're relatively newish uh and again still but here's the thing though this is why i'm still kind of confused about miss marvel here because when she met up with the, the red daggers they showed her the history talked about the gem and interesting enough they said uh that she's not she's not like them right so so again she kind of lives in this middle ground of like she's part clandestine but she isn't so i don't know is again i'm still this is me like the the hawkeye show here i'm trying i i'm fighting it because it's still a good show and i love watching every second of it but I'm fighting it because I, 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 in the, I, in the end, I'm trying to get to like, okay, is she inhuman? Are we going to get an inhuman payoff here? Like, what's the payoff, right? Like, that's kind of where my mind's at right now. But, but still, the show does such a good job of telling a very compelling story that I do forget that and still enjoy the show from time to time.
0: Which is good, right? That's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so a couple things about that history. First of all, great job, dude, finding that that uh, that research there. That is, that's is—that's some good deep lore stuff. Second of all... That's what you
1: come here for.
0: That is what you come um, here for, right? The other podcasts are just like, this was a good episode. <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, second of all, who's the bozo who just left a sightline line around for people to fall on? Um, somebody's getting fired from the old wheat farm over at uh, Mr. Destin's house. Um, this scene that takes place in the Red Daggers hideout. Um, there's a lot going on here. And unfortunately it gets cut short because the djinn bust in and do their thing really, really quickly. But we get this map with this light that's laid on top of it. Uh, and I feel like, well, first of all, uh, what's his face there? The leader of the de- the Red Daggers, Walid. Uh, who, again, really cool outfit. Like, he looks like an action figure. If if I could go back in time and be rich, one of the stupid childish things I would do is just go back to 2008 and buy all the Marvel Legends every time a new MCU movie comes out. Because uh, mm-hmm. now it's, it's too late to catch up. Uh, but Waleed tells her, um, he's, he's looking at her bangle, and he's telling her about what's going on. And I believe he said something along the lines of... Um, they're not jinn, but cultures tend to imprint their own myths and their own legends onto things they've never been able to explain. He said something along that line, and that made my ears perk up because that supports your theory that they are something closer to possibly being in humans or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so I like that he kind of acknowledged that. And I feel like mm-hmm. next week is going to be all about answers because she's going back. But we'll get to when we get there. Uh, but then he also turns on this black light and shows her the map and is like, "Look at this! Ooh, look at what my hologram's going to do. Everything's going to look like Mordor uh, if these people have their way." <laughs> and I was wondering because I don't know how it works. Um, I'm actually reading this this crazy book right now that would kind of it fits this what he's telling her, but. I, is that world, Ryan, the negative zone? And is that a thing the negative zone can do? Can you, you know, if you open it for too long, does it start to creep into our world and take over? Essentially,
1: yeah, because it's negative energy. It it feeds off of, it feeds off of other energy, right? So Mm. yes, it's very possible it is the negative zone. However, I've been checking the other, the other nerdy vibes out there and no one's really convinced of what it is exactly. but I, I have a feeling it could be the negative zone. It, it would make sense. It would make sense, and it would fit if it was, um, which is where the Inhumans get trapped in 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 the long run of it all. So again, I think you're on to something. But again, they're they're very dodgy about like giving you exact answers. You know, it's always like it's always like um, it's always like Kevin Feige when he when people ask him direct questions, and he's like. Like that would be cool, and it's just like, well, that doesn't answer my question, right? Like, it's just like, okay, that would be cool. So, are you doing it? Like, is that what's going to happen? Uh, but yeah, like, so I don't know. I, I mean, yes, but at the okay, but the other thing is, in Moon Knight, they said that you know dimensions that there are there are portals that can take you to different places, and and you know, just because we're in Egypt, it's going to take you. This portal is going to take you to an Egyptian place. Um, you know, that being said, this could just be another realm that, you know, is just, unre- uh, it is probably a comic book reference. Yes. But it could be unrelated to the negative zone as well.
0: Okay. So it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, um,
1: nothing ever is.
0: Nothing ever is. As Kevin would say, that would be cool. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So that is, that is something that we can maybe hold on to. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Uh, But I I thought it was nice getting to to meet Nani and getting to see the other side of of Kamala's family. Uh, Her cousins seem like cool people. They have a beautiful house. I want some of that gin money because apparently he can get you a hell of a nice house.
1: (laughs) Yeah, these Uh, gins, man, they they make some good dollars.
0: Yeah, and unlimited toffees. All the toffees you can eat. Uh, And they drop a beautiful little sly... Canada reference in there because Canada is cool. <laughs>
1: it's it's not like we have I don't know how many actors in, uh, in the
0: MCU. We have a few though. We have a few. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful line though. And it made total sense like they're calling her blah, blah American. She's like, "I don't you know, I'm not Canadian." Uh that's yeah. that was gorgeous. I love when Canadian actors get stuff like that, like Robin in How I Met Your Mother, when they just kind of infuse that into her character and have her yeah. <laughs> have her way with it. Um, so the, these red daggers, uh, I love this, this this great little just piece of world building that this group exists and that they're trying to stop these gym or whatever they are from doing what they're doing. But it doesn't end well for the red daggers, right? Because then we get a chase through downtown Karachi, a beautiful chase that involves a garbage truck, a tuk-tuk, a ramp made out of starlight like this is a feast for the eyes um and i'm just in love with the the aesthetic of the show i've said it i think every time we've covered an episode but i'll say it again (laughs) because this looked that good
1: absolutely um so first of all there's a couple things i want to talk about with the red daggers um first of all when uh kamala gets first attacked um uh, the the knife throw. Uh, she's getting a lot more confident with her powers. I've noticed. Like she's still very evasive. She's not. She's not on the. Uh, she's not on the attack as much. Um, but she seems very comfortable with the ability to use them under pressure. Uh, being able to change, like move up, like kind of steps to kind of get higher ground, uh, and then reactionary when she falls, she can create like a, again a nice little platform for her to land on and all that <clears throat> i love to seeing the 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 stretched out fist because that's more aligns with her actual power so it's yeah. kind of nice to see how they did that and how much how how cool it is to see, see them do it um yeah and uh yeah the chase scene was just so fun oh my god but it's weird though because like she <clears throat> you know it uh kamala uh, kamala it seems like she she again has a good grasp of her powers, but when the truck was after her, she didn't, she didn't want to do it. She did. They're like, why don't you just do something about it? She's like, I don't know. So I thought that was weird. Um, but, uh, in the end she creates the ramp and saves the family. But I did notice that like, I don't know, she's not hundred percent confident with, uh, with the way her powers work. So that I thought was really kind of fun and interesting. um, And then the, the mother scene, the mother to mother scene was really nice. I actually really like that. I have a feeling there's, there's more to it than meets the eye here. Like the mother simply like, I had enough of it. I didn't want to listen to people talking crazy things. So it's either like, like what, what other crazy things does she know that is like making her just like wanting to get away, get, get away from it all. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, that relationship between those two is really, really neat. Uh, when they show up at the train station and the two of them hug, like you could cut that tension with a knife. Like you can feel that there's something between these ladies. And the history of that is weighing down and now trickling down onto Kamala because she has felt strain in her relationship with her own mom. Uh, so yeah. I love that you have this generational thing that just keeps trickling down and somebody's got to put a stop to it and make some peace. And hopefully that's going to be Kamala because she's our hero, right? So we, we want her to kind of fix all this. And uh, I love that whole dynamic. And you see it often in a lot of storytelling and it's always very cool and very interesting where the young protagonist doesn't necessarily get along with their parent, but they get along great with their grandparents. And you, you have this, this one character in this case, the mom who's sort of trapped in the middle, and it must be so frustrating for her. And I, I can't wait to see the resolution of that mm. too, because they have kept that consistently fun and interesting.
1: Well, what I like about this story too, uh, especially with Miss Marvel is that both her parents are still alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's going to be interesting to see how they play a role within her like superhero career. Um and, like, how do you keep that kind of secret from your parents?
0: <laughs> like <laughs> I know. She's got to just open up and tell her, like, this is mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And i just be like, Mom, I can make star fists with my bracelet. Like, yeah. that's why I didn't mean to ruin Amir's wedding. Amir is probably so pissed at her. Like, he yeah. and his wife are probably sitting at home thinking, like, we hate Kamala now. And, like, they have no good reason to. Uh, it, it's the Peter Parker of it all, right? I got to lie mm-hmm. to protect whatever. But it's gonna make all my friends upset at me, and Mary Jane's not gonna want to have pie, and Harry's gonna get mad, and you know, yeah. it's it's the same old thing. And then where, a bike messenger hits you. A you bike know? messenger is gonna knock me down. I have to beat this old lady with a stick yeah. to get these cranberries. <laughs>
1: but okay, so absolutely. But the interesting, I like the the interesting thing that Marvel's been doing with the parent dynamic. Uh, Moon Knights was really tragic. Both parents were mostly alive for the longest time, but man, what a tragic story. Uh, And downward spiral that is. But again, both parents were mostly still alive for all of it. Um, uh, And then, yeah, and like Steve, like Steve Rogers, his parents died pretty early. Uh, And so it's, we don't really get that kind of story, you know, like even with um, Iron Man, like his parents do die. So, uh, in a pretty tragic way as well. So it's nice to see this, this dynamic the parents are very much alive and, and, and play a big role in her development. So I'm, I, that's why I think the, the mother story is going to be a really interesting element of it. And I hope it doesn't end here. I hope there is some sort of resolution that we haven't seen yet that she embraces whatever history there is there. And, and, and that's because of Kamala, uh, um, or that she just acknowledges that it happened, but she can't accept it. And then just like, what what do you do? Yeah. So I'm, curi- I'm curious to where that story is going to play out, but I'm happy that the story is a, a very important part of it.
0: Yes. Uh, and the, the whole idea of Kamala now being able to see this story firsthand, which I assume is what's going to happen next week. She's going to see it firsthand. Then that gives her every bit of ammunition she needs to go to her mom and go to her grandmother and say, I know what happened now, legit, I was there, kinda. Uh, mm-hmm. So now all of that can finally be aired out. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, I, I I feel like we won't get that till episode six, which is, makes sense. But I think that's what I'm looking forward to most right now about the conclusion of this show is uh, finding through the truth of the bangle finding the way to bring the family together because this family is just on rocky terrain uh and we've established that from the first minute of the show so i want her to use that to put the family together because the next time we see her will probably be in the marvels where she's off rocketing through space and whatever with pre-larson so i don't mm-hmm. think we're going to get as much time with the fans so Healing the family now is kind of crucial. I think getting it done on this show is crucial.
1: Agreed. I, I think that definitely she, her story needs to be tidied up by the end of the series. Because like when she becomes part of the Marvel story, I don't even know. First of all, how how she's going to be a part of the Marvel story? I don't know. But it's like it's so pers- her story is so personal to her. How is she going to just stumble on Captain Marvel like that? Like it now, which brings a good question in the end of the series, is she going to catch up with Captain Marvel?
0: At the end of this series? I don't think so. No, no, I think there's a lot going on here. I don't think you need to throw Brie at us. Um, I, I think Brie meeting Kamala can be this fun, cute thing we see happen in that movie. Um, Who knows?
1: It's such a long shot, though, because you'd have to convince the audience within a movie, within a movie that not that like, yes, you have to have watched, you know, Miss Marvel to understand her character. But then Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere in the movie and then is like introduced to Captain Marvel or like those two stories have to kind of meet in the middle of the movie to kind of be convinced. But still, that's that's a lot of time.
0: Yeah, but I I think it's doable. It's doable. Like meeting in the middle, like you just said, is probably the best way to do it. Kamala's mm-hmm. going after somebody, right? She's trying to stop a whatever, a villain, whatever, and Miss mm-hmm. uh, and Captain Marvel rather is doing the same thing, and then boom, um, it it becomes this this conflict, and it becomes this great little meet cute uh where it's like hey who are you i'm just i'm here doing my thing i'm just a kid whatever leave me alone who are you oh my god i know who you are because i'm kind of your biggest fan and it turns into this great wonderful thing and also um what's her name monica rambo is there uh so they're like it just all comes together so yeah yeah, that's that's going to be the fun of that movie is is uh their own little mini avengers team up of these three ladies just teaming up and and I, i i hope they save that the movie uh instead of trying to shoehorn it at the back end of the show for like five seconds because it'll just feel not as earned i think Mm -hmm. um but uh speaking of things that are earned costumes we get her comic accurate costume during the tuck tuck chase because she's putting her mask on for the first time and Uh she's got the uh I, i don't know what you call it but she's got the the blue shirt that kind of fans out at the bottom. It's 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 like a cultural I, I don't know the name of that kind of shirt. And I think she has the red pants and there's the little it's not as big as it usually is, but there's the sash that, that she has. Uh and that's all there in that tuk tuk chase. She's wearing it.
1: She is she's I what I like about this particular version of assembling the superhero outfit. Is that she's slowly assembling it. Yeah. Um uh, uh, and it's and it's being assembled piece by piece, which is really cool. Most of the time, you know, like Daredevil, for example, he has his first costume, the the sweatsuit, um, and then later on he gets he gets a full he gets version 1.0 of a suit. And then and then there's version 2.0, and then that's it, right? Um, Sam, Sam's another perfect example, it's just 1.0, 2.0. And then like Captain America 1.0. Uh, and then and then Iron Man, same thing. It's just just different yeah. iterations. But what's cool about her story about getting her suit is literally she gets the mask and then she has to wear the mask, right? And then, and or sorry, she has a Miss Marvel suit first, then she gets the mask, then she finds the red suit, then she finds the blue vest. Like it's all being layered on. And she hasn't, she's not even done yet. She has to get the lightning bolt. um on on her uh on the chest of on on her chest of uh the suit so that still has to be assembled which is going to be really cool to see i i don't know i think bruno might add it personally uh he might look at the the vest and and you know learn more about this background um but yeah again i agree with you it's really cool that she's getting the layers of her her outfit and the mask is really cool actually she looks again it's a great outfit
0: It does look really good. I think you're right. I think Mm -hmm. the lightning bolt might be a cool thing for Bruno to add just as like, because he's going to Caltech, right? Yeah. So he he might give her that, be like, here's something to remember me by. Here's a lightning bolt. And you can always think of me when you're fighting crime, a piece of me will always be with you. And then he'll go to Caltech and he'll be sad because he'll be alone. And then he'll walk into his classroom and there'll be a girl there and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm Ironheart, because I'm also really smart and good at building <laughs> this. Uh, they shake hands and they become friends. Um, uh, yeah, the costume thing is really, really cool how they're doing it. Marvel's so good at the costumes. That's why I hope if and when they do bring back Daredevil, I hope we get to see the yellow Daredevil suit. The yellow and black one.
1: I I would love to see the yellow and black or I would love to see the yellow, the yellow and red, sorry. The yellow and yes, red. Yellow one. And red would be really cool but i want to see the black and red one with the armor that one would be so <laughs> like i i like or it's all black and just the chest is red with the dd initials that would be that'd be dope i think but, you'll
0: definitely see that because that feels more like like a, a tactical suit like what they usually make so i think the chances of seeing that are pretty high i really want to
1: yeah i i would say the next big superhero outfit that i'm looking forward to seeing is dr doom's I want to see what Dr. Doom's going to look like. Yeah. We know he's coming. Like, you can tease him all you want, but we know he's coming. So I'm just going to say it right now. I want to know what his costume's going to look like. I was impressed that how they updated the Fantastic Four one. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get a 2.0 soon uh, when we see the Fantastic Four. Uh, obviously, we're not going to see him this year. That's just not going to happen unless, no. unless Kevin's done a really good job of hiding any production <laughs> any production things about it. But I doubt we're going to get the Fantastic Four because they lost. They lost um, uh, John Watts. John. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They lost John Watts, which is a little, I'm I'm actually a little sad about that news. But if if it's true that John Krasinski is picking it up, I I would I would be happy for him. I remember reading some notes about it, but uh, but to bring it back to outfits, let's just leave it at that. I was really impressed with how they updated the the Fantastic Four outfit for that movie anyway. I honestly, it was really confused how they were going to do it, but it was a really cool, it was a really cool look.
0: It was good, it was simple, it was bright, it was exactly what it needed to be. So whoever's doing the costume work, they keep it up, they're doing a great (laughs) job. I'm curious how they're going to pull off Namor because nothing but a green Speedo is a little bit silly.
1: Oh, you haven't you haven't seen the Illuminati more then, have you?
0: No, I have not.
1: He wears like he wears like a black, he wears like black wetsuit pants. Um and and he's got his boots, uh, but he wears like a vest.
0: Oh, okay. Like and just a the vest, just pure, like like Aladdin.
1: Yeah, just a vest like Aladdin, and he's like pure muscle. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh yeah, he's a very he's a very handsome dude. But yeah, his newer his newer outfit looks really nice as opposed to the Greenspeed. I wonder if we'll get the Green though. I that might be possible.
0: We might maybe in one or two scenes. From what I heard, the art department, um, when it comes to Atlantis, they took uh, um, influence from, I think, Mayan cultures and Incan cultures. So it's going to look very uh, Central American in terms of how yeah. the Atlanteans look. So yeah. we'll see something akin to that, I think, with Namor. That would be cool.
1: i yeah. I dig it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be great. But the good news is, you know, now that we're kind of we've opened this can of worms here, uh, the good news is is that San Diego Comic Con's not too far out, um, and Kevin Feige has reported that he that Marvel will be there with new announcements. So you know, hold on to your butts because uh, I'm sure that's going to be big. But I also know that there's going to be a D23 uh d23 event this year as well. Yes. So I personally think he's gonna do one or two announcements at San Diego, it's gonna be mic drop moments. Um or he might even do like here's more here's more movies that we're doing. And then for D23 is here's more Disney Plus that we're doing. So that could be possible
0: as okay. well. Okay. Yeah I can I can do that. I think I'll I'll add one more prediction to your list there. I think at Comic Con we might not get a release date for Blade. Mm-hmm. But I think he will tell us um who the villain is. In Blade. maybe who's playing the villain. Ooh. And
1: that's... It's Michael Morbius. Ah! <laughs> oh god, I hope not. Um <laughs> actually, okay, no. Here's the thing. I hope that they do they do bring Michael Morbius. Because you could do a lot of really cool stories with Michael Morbius, um,
0: just not Sony's
1: Michael Morbius. Just not Sony's. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they do their version of Morbius. Uh, like, see, that's the thing though. Because I have a feeling, as much as you, as much as fans out there will be like, Ryan, Ryan, you know, Sony movies are MCU, right? No, they're not. Spider Man is MCU. What they did was MCU, but no, not not Sony. Not Sony movies. You can't convince me that Venom is remotely in the MCU except for the No Way Home. Surprise cameo. Speaking of wonderful cameos, we have Isabella here.
0: Isabella, you're part of the MCU. Uh I know that for a fact.
1: Isabella is part of the MCU, being the wonderful woman that she is. I am part of the MCU. Yeah, you're part of the MCU. Um, but yeah, so Venom, but you see what they did at the end there, which proved to me that the Venom movies are not MCU, nor is Morbius. And that is, is that, uh, Brock goes back to his universe, but a little drop of, of the Venom symbiote lands there, which tells me that they're going to re- redux the whole thing. And exactly. that's what Kevin do.
0: It's, it's, uh, what that was, was basically a trade-off. It was like, Sony's going to do their own thing. They played ball with us. We had a great time. You know, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody's friends here. So they're giving us a piece of symbiote because everybody would love for us to do Venom. And in return, you know, we're done telling stories about our vulture. You know, we, we have nothing left planned for him. So you guys can have our vulture. Yeah, there go, go. go have fun. Go hey. have fun. Yeah, go play. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going but- on.
1: I don't know. I don't think. I don't think for Blade, it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be Morbius. I'll be very surprised if it, If it is MCU's own version of Morbius, same, same. Yeah. Blade's got a ton of villains uh, that they can do, which would be really cool. Uh, I mean, they could even do Marvel's own Dracula. Yeah, which would be really fun to see. And you,
0: you could tease him this Halloween, and if we get that werewolf by night thing that we've been hearing about for like two years now, you could mm-hmm. tease him in that. Uh, and then there's also this whole thing that Kevin said, I think over the past week, he said that the direction of this phase or the saga, whatever, I can't remember his exact wording, but where this is going, Ryan, is going to become very clear to everybody very soon. Those were his words. Like the, the direction that this story is going is gonna become very clear very soon. He says it's already very clear to him, but he lives and breathes this stuff, and he's <laughs> looking at those whiteboards day in and day out. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you and never tell me the odds. Okay? Hit me. Because at the end of Thor two, we got a scene, one down, five to go, which told us where the saga was going. So is one it of,
1: One of my favorite end credit sequences of, like, my entire life, for right? sure. Right?
0: Like, for all the yeah. stuff it does and what it tells us. So, how likely is it, from a scale of 0% to 100%, that the ending of Thor 4 is going to contain a scene that tells us what direction this is going to go?
1: But that's kind of a leading statement, though, because it already makes me want to say yes. Like it just, I know, it, I know. There is... Like the next Marvel movie is not for a while. Like mm-hmm. we, I mean, they, I mean, first of all, let's just talk about this incredible year of Marvel. Cause like essentially every month we have something, there's just a small, like two week break before we get, you know, the next project. And then there's like a thing. So, you know, props to you, Marvel way to live up to your plan of, you know, uh, you know, Marvel movie, Marvel show on Disney Plus. Marvel movie, Marvel show on Disney Plus, so on, so forth, so on, so forth. Props to that. It's been a good year. It's been a good year. It's been a great uh, year. Yeah. Um, but in this particular case, we get uh, we get Thor, and then it's She Hulk, and then I think there's a month break before we get Black Panther.
0: Right. Black Panther's towards the end of November.
1: All oh, of so, it's like a two month break,
0: unless we're getting that Halloween special, which is still not 100%. Hmm.
1: But in the end, because of what they've done with Thor and Ragnarok, and just like the tone, and oh my god, like I love seeing all the interviews with with Thor lately about, about the premiere. Which, by the way, Marvel fans, uh, here on Infinity Rewatch, this is my this is my um. This is my... Uh, what's the word? My tradition of warning. At this point, turn off everything everything Thor. Turn it off. You're is there already spoilers? Now. There's no spoilers yet, but Ooh. there's been a ton of clips. There's been okay. a ton of stuff. So, just in order to avoid anything, stop watching anything on Thor until the movie comes out and you watch it. or yeah. un- un- Unless you want to watch a show and be spoiled right away, which is totally fine. Um, but... The I would say the odds are perfect for Thor to kind of because Thor Thor is actually a good focal point of like just the cosmos in general. So if you were going to do a story, why not? You know what I mean? I mean, think about it too. The other side of the coin is like I think Spider-Man was a really good example of like of where they're going, which is obviously secret invasion. We but we know that's coming you know there's a secret invasion but what does that mean is it like a secret invasion like the big avengers event and like that's it and then the avengers event leads to whatever it is but at the same time i don't buy it i don't buy that secret invasion is the big the big play here secret wars i will totally agree um one of my my one of my friends that comes on my streams on Xbox Canada, from time to time, Mahala, she brought up a good point. She was uh, saying it could be a War of the Gods story, but I don't know. It's kind of too obvious too because Thor's going to run into the Olympians, sure, but I don't know. I feel like this is going to. I don't think that scene. I don't think that scene's going to play more than the, the gimmick that we've seen in the trailer. Like they go hang out with the Olympians. There's a battle. Thor proves his might, you know. And so did. And I mean both Thors, I guess. Uh, but in the end, I think Gore is obviously needs to demonstrate his strength of being called the god butcher, so he's going to come in and just clean Zeus's clock pretty quickly. And then, and then we find out what Hercules is in, in the MCU somewhere, we just don't know where yet. But I, I don't buy the fact that it's going to be a war of the gods. We're like, yes, we've been introduced to the Egyptians, but. Black Panther we were they talked about bass but bass is not like a key ingredient and, and perpetuator of the black Panther story it's more mm-hmm. about the Black panther like the the, the kingdom as opposed to the god so I don't know I don't buy the war of the gods story as much it's convincing it, there are some convincing arguments uh secret invasion it feels like it's a mini story that's gonna be a fun little event there uh but overall I don't know I feel like I feel like it's either going to be Secret Wars uh, and with the cameo of Galactus, or or it's going to be the coming of Galactus and that be the big Marvel event, which Fantastic Four are going to be the the perpetuator of the story with the Future Foundation, blah 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, so I think Thor. Uh, in the the short answer to your question is yes, I think Thor is going to have a Guardians like end credit cameo that's going to kick off like where this. Saga is going. Uh, even though Kevin's like, "Oh, it's so obvious to me." <laughs> well, that's good for you, Kevin. Good for you. What about you? What are the odds in your, um, your uh, end there?
0: So, wait. You think it's likely? So, you think what, like eighty uh, percent? Where are you hovering?
1: I'd say it's about eighty percent likely. I, I. It's a. There's a small. There's a small inkling to me that it's not gonna happen. like. There's very little to prove that it's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm going kind of close to that. I think I am I might go to like 65 to 70% that Love and Thunder is going to show us uh, a signpost of like, this is what's happening. Uh, I agree, I don't think War of the Gods has anything to do with it. Like, I, I've never read War of the Gods, so I can't like trash talk it or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's not what anybody wants. Nobody's like, the, the end game better be War of the Gods. Uh, and same goes with Secret Invasion. Like, I think that's just a fun mini series about Skrulls, but that's not our big... I'll, I'll still use this term because it's the best term I can use. That's not our Avengers 5. Uh, it's not what we're building towards. Um, I think the best thing to build towards is because of the nature of the character is to show us more Kang Show us loads more Kang, show us all the Kangs that ever was and ever were, because he's always traveling around through time. He has that one uh, phase where he's just in ancient Egypt a lot. Uh, we could see that part of Kang. Um, if Gore goes around killing some Egyptian gods, I don't know, but there's so much to there's so much ground to lay before we get to the confrontation with Kang that that feels like the smartest choice is to put him in there. Like, Look at this guy. He time travels a bunch. So he's everywhere and when, all at once. So he's going to pop up all over the place mm-hmm. um, and get us excited for him. Because they got us excited for Thanos. They revealed him and then they showed us. His, he had like a Palpatine kind of role in Guardians. He showed up a little tiny bit in Age of Ultron. So they got us excited before we got Thanos and all his beautiful purple dad bod glory but Mm -hmm. they haven't quite done that with king yet aside from one scene where they don't even use his name there hasn't been any other mention of him none of the other characters know he even exists yet um so get him slide him in there Uh, you know it's like when you tell somebody who's like over 40 and single like put yourself out there baby get on a dating app and get out into the world Like that's what Kang's got to do. He's got to make himself an app on Hinge and be like, my name is Kang. I'm a time traveler. I like Linguini and I have two dogs and this is my profile. And pretty soon you're going to get to know me really, really well, but set up those bowling pins so that we can get excited at the prospect of shooting them down.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I agree with you. Um, Either way. I mean, Thor is going to be an interesting movie. Yes, it is. It. I mean, I am super stoked. Uh, it's like even with Doctor Strange. Like I, in movie wise, I'm like I'm in heaven right now. Like after Eternals, I needed to get over Eternals because I knew after that, it's just gonna be like hit after hit after hit. Like you know, Spider Man. You know, and uh, and then um, uh, Spider Man, Doctor Strange. Like oh, it's just it's gorge. And, and even Black Panther, I, I, if, if like the way the things I've been hearing about Black Panther, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. I think I'm actually more excited for Black Panther than I am for Thor. Um,
1: what? I think so. No. Yeah. I think That's, I am. No. I think I am. Cause
0: I'm so excited to see how they're going to pull this off, what they're going to do about T'Challa, how they address that, who the next Black Panther is going to be and how that comes about, what Namor's introduction is going to be like, is he the villain? Is there another villain? Um, and also, this is just me being selfish, but from what I know about Ryan Coogler's work, Black Panther is going to be a nice, big, long movie, whereas Thor: Love and Thunder is kind of on the shorter side. So, you know that that just makes me—it it has all the ingredients of stuff that I love. Thor does too, but I'm just even more excited to see what Black Panther has in store. Fair okay, uh,
1: forever. Ugh, gone forever, man. Um, oh. You're absolutely right. Interesting, interesting. But uh, I'm very excited for Thor. Thor has so much potential. Oh my god! Uh, and it's aesthetically, it's what I always love in a movie, which is like 80s sci-fi tones. It's like, yes. Out. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to see. But uh, stay tuned. We're gonna. We're gonna go to a premiere night like we usually do. Uh, you're gonna see it about three hours before I do. But. Uh, not three hours. Sorry, your your movie starts three hours before mine does, but uh, by, but but uh, you'll probably be gone before I come out. But we're still seeing it in the day. And yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I actually might bring my Thor's hammer to the movie theater.
0: I'll do it. You have to. You have to. And just swing it around. Please don't hit anybody in the face. But swing it around. I'm always worried to do that.
1: Like it actually has a strap underneath it that like attaches to it, so you could you could spin it.
0: Yeah, you probably I don't feel want like, to spin that hammer. <laughs> I
1: feel like I feel like that thing's not strong enough for me to just like start spinning it around.
0: No, I don't trust that strap. Uh, that mm-hmm. hammer is going flying, and something is either going to break or die. So yeah, don't yeah. don't spin, spin this. And if it's the
1: hammer, I will cry because it's it's like I paid good money for that. Yeah, hammer. <laughs> that's
0: not a cheap hammer. Um, yeah. But no, that's exciting. It's only a week away, and um, the conclusion of Miss Marvel is slowly creeping up. We got two episodes left and I'm having so much fun with this character who I knew nothing about. I already can't wait to see her in the MCU in more things. I I hope she's already filming stuff for, I I guess they would have filmed the Marvels already, Uh, but I hope like she's already doing more and getting ready to be in more because this character is fantastic. I love her.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. I mean, Classic Marvel formula. We got two episodes left and it's just going to be an all out. Hoorah.
0: (laughs) Yay.
1: Very much looking forward to it.
0: We're going to see the partition next week. We're going to see what happened on that train platform and how her grandmother was, or yeah, her grandmother was led back to her father by a trail of stars. Right. It was not, it wasn't the great grandmother. We're going to learn about that great grandmother too. Uh, this is exciting. And then, the, and again, when they overlap, right, a back-to-back, we're going to get Miss Marvel, and then the next day is Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. And the Thunder. Oh, boy. All right, Ryan, where can people find you when you are not loving and thundering in Karachi? <laughs> uh,
1: you can always find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada, where I do my live streams. Tomorrow I'm going to be, uh, as of this recording, tomorrow I'll be uh probably live streaming the overwatch 2 beta which i'm pretty excited about um and then uh you can find me on youtube forward slash expert zone uh where you can see all my content for microsoft where i pump out crazy fun videos i got a really cool video series coming up which we're pretty uh pretty excited about so make sure you check out there and then of course you can find me on probably i'll leave it at twitter for now but you can find me on twitter at crusader online but if you want to check out just fun personal stuff that i that i upload once the blue moon on instagram it's at ryan j whitehead where can the good people find you
0: Uh, (laughs) ryan says instagram but he means only fans that's right that's cool personal stuff that's Uh, where i show off my feats all feet, all the time. You get nine Ooh. toes for free. If you want to see the 10th one though, you got to buy the premium package. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram uh, at Andrew Fantasia. Um, oh, and uh, you just reminded me when you were talking about your live stream there, I found an indie game that I played that you should definitely check out if you haven't played it yet. Uh, it's called What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh and yes, I it promise. only takes, you play, isn't that beautiful?
1: Beautifully, yeah. beautifully disturbing at times, but yes. Yes,
0: very disturbing. Uh, not a horror, but just very disturbing, and it gets under your skin. It's uh, a mental
1: journey. It's a mental yes. journey.
0: Uh, I recommend that to anybody out there who's got two hours to go because it's a very short game. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me on my Andrew Fantasia YouTube channel. Uh, right now I am there talking about Westworld, Westworld. season four because it just started season four it's so exciting every two years we have to wait for these hbo shows but god they are worth the wait uh and all their robots are revolting did you watch westworld season four yet
1: uh isabel and i are very excited very excited but we're waiting to for the shows to add up a little bit so we can binge it Ooh. fun fact we're actually watching star wars the original trilogy right now
0: yay
1: spoilers we're on return of the, return of the yeti
0: Okay, there's a spoiler in this movie. You ready? Joppa the Hut is overweight.
1: What? Mm-hmm.
0: No. You keep hearing his name and you don't see him and you think he's a big scary man and he is, but he's also overweight. <laughs> Spoilers. I'm, I'm going to post <laughs> yeah, that I know in Reddit. the <laughs> Uh, boy. Well, that has been Infinity Rewatch, or Java Rewatch, as we have just renamed it. That's it. It's just all Java now from here on in. Maybe we'll talk about Miss Marvel next week. Uh, but if
1: you want to catch Star Wars stuff, this channel does do Star Wars stuff.
0: Oh, hell yeah, we do. Rebel Scum Podcast does all kinds of Star Wars stuff. I just picked up the new Star Wars book, actually, Ryan, which is so far, it's what more Star Wars books should be. Because the main characters are Luke, Lando and raise mother and father. It, it's finally. <laughs> it's <What>? finally, <laughs> finally, the story is being told. So I'm only uh, about like 80 pages in, but so far, good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, so sweet. maybe on the Rebelscom Scum podcast channel, I'll have some kind of review up for that as well when I finish it. Don't rush me. I'm taking my sweet time and enjoying the book though. I hear you, Chris, rushing me there Chris in in montana don't rush me okay just chill i'll finish the book when i want to uh but until then i hope you chris in montana and you ryan j whitehead and you michael morbius have a miss marvelous day